Top-ranking officials from the U.S., Japan, Australia and India discussed the importance of maintaining peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait Thursday. It marks the first time that the issue of Taiwan is brought up during a quadrilateral security dialogue meeting since Joe Biden became president. Meanwhile, in an interview with Japanese media, Japan's defense minister called on Australia to lead resistance against China's growing influence in the region. Seven PLA aircraft, including J-16 fighter jets and Y-8 transport planes, entered Taiwan's southwestern ADIZ on Thursday. Taiwan responded by scrambling jets to turn them away. It was the first time in two months that the PLA dispatched fighter jets in a Taiwan incursion. Beijing has repeatedly stated that it does not rule out taking Taiwan by force. During a recent interview, Japanese Prime Minister Suga Yoshihide said that if conflict erupts between China and the U.S. over Taiwan, Japan's main concern would be to protect the nearby Okinawa Islands. He added that safeguarding security and stability in the Taiwan Strait was not only of great concern to Japan, but to the entire international community. Meanwhile, Japanese Minister of Defense Kishinobuo called on Australia to lead a regional pushback against Chinese hegemony and to step in to counter the the influence of China's Belt and Road Initiative. China is attempting to extend its influence to the second island chain. For example, in 2019, Kiribati and the Solomon Islands cut ties with the ROC. In terms of its own regional strategy, this is a key issue for Australia. China is now following this geostrategic thinking. So I think that's why Japan is reminding Australia to be resolute, to block China from having this kind of diplomatic breakthrough. Besides Japan, other democracies are paying close attention to the Taiwan Strait. The Quad, which comprises the US, Japan, Australia and India, is focused on strengthening regional cooperation and recently discussed the importance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. It was the first time that the issue of Taiwan was discussed by the alliance since the start of the Biden administration. On this current firm and substantial foundation, Taiwan will continue to work closely with the U.S., Japan, India, Australia and other like-minded nations to safeguard our democratic institutions and shared values. We will work together to protect peace, stability and prosperity in the Indo-Pacific region. Anti-China sentiment is growing stronger by the day. Meanwhile, Taiwan is working on strengthening its alliances with other democracies and its defenses against Chinese intimidation. Taiwan reported four new domestic cases of COVID Friday. Only one of the new cases has an unknown source of infection. A ground staff member employed by Vietjet Air working at Taoyuan International Airport. Taiwan also reported 14 imported COVID infections, the highest number in recent weeks. Health officials also announced that one case of a COVID variant first identified in Colombia had been found in a patient that entered Taiwan on August 3rd. Meanwhile, registration to be on the waitlist for the Taiwan-made Medigen vaccine closed at noon on Friday. More than 1.13 million people indicated they were willing to receive the vaccine, 
in addition to 190,000 people who specified that they only wanted the Medigen shot. At least 600,000 doses will be administered in the initial rollout between August 23rd and 29th, but government officials also supply will be enough to administer 800,000 shots. A medical expert says Taiwan could consider offering booster shots against COVID for people with low antibody levels after vaccination. Already in the U.S., some immunocompromised individuals are now eligible for a third shot of Pfizer or Moderna. Meanwhile, several countries around the world have launched campaigns to booster shots amid the rise of the Delta COVID variant. But experts say that a better approach against different variants is to have vaccines that target them specifically. In the early morning, Chileans line up outside a clinic waiting to get a booster jab. The Delta variant is sweeping the country. Health authorities say the Chinese vaccine made by Sinovac, which was used in the country, offers limited protection against the strain. Now, people fully vaccinated with a Chinese vaccine are getting booster shots, but they are not made by Sinovac. Instead, they are AstraZeneca or Pfizer shots. They produce antibodies at the beginning, but the rate declines over time. The U.S. has also announced it will begin administering third shots. The FDA has amended their EUAs for the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines so that certain immunocompromised people can get a booster shot. That actually uh, encompasses a relatively small proportion of the population, around 3% or so. They often didn't generate enough antibodies even in the first place, so they didn't get the full protection. Israel was even sooner out of the gate, administering booster shots to people aged 60 and up since July 29th. The Delta variant multiplies significantly faster and it evades the immune system. It is indeed one of the reasons for why vaccines now don't offer as much protection. Although a third shot will certainly raise the number of neutralizing antibodies in the body, this might not be the best approach. The vaccines were not designed with variants in mind. The future trend will be toward designing a new generation of vaccines. The physician says the trend in the future could be new vaccines tailored against variants. Until then, he says, doctors can look at patients' immune systems and antibody levels to see who should receive a booster shot. What we can do today in Taiwan is to monitor for neutralizing antibodies and compare the findings with published studies. Using the idea of immunobridging, we can offer third shots to those whose antibodies production declines too quickly or whose bodies are unable to produce antibodies. Perhaps they can be tested for antibodies three months after vaccination. If the vaccinations were ineffective, then they could be eligible for additional shots. Countries around the world have begun administering booster shots. Whether Taiwan will start such a campaign amid the shortage of vaccines remains to be seen. Face masks with interesting designs have become a way to express oneself amid the pandemic. That's the case for a batch of 6,000 face masks designed by a student at National Taipei University of Technology. The masks, which feature elements inspired by this university's crest, have been donated to frontline staff at borough offices as well as a local hospital to thank them for their hard work during the pandemic. For most of the news reporter Stephanie Yang met up with the student designer to find out more about the project. 
Showcasing his mask design is Liu Junhan of Taipei Tech. To express his gratitude to frontline workers amid the pandemic, he's drawn up a design that now features on 6,000 face masks given to Taipei Municipal Wanfang Hospital and several boroughs in Taipei. I hope to give back to society by donating these masks to communities nearby and the hospital. Liu says his design was inspired by Taipei Tech's university crest. The colors draw from the blue and green of the crest, arranging them into gradients and patterns suggestive of explosions, boundlessness, and the cosmos. The design also features a tortoise, symbolizing imagination and creativity. The design is mainly based on the school logo, which is blue and green. I represented it in gradient colors. The school logo has an elliptical shape, so I added elliptical elements on the masks. For example, I used lines to form an ellipse and extended the ellipse to make the shape of an explosion to increase the richness of the pattern. I also added tortoises because there are many tortoises at Taipei Tech. I hope to convey a message of ecological wealth and creativity. The creative mask came about from a design contest organized by Taipei Tech's Academic Affairs Office. The winning design was printed on 6,000 masks. Half of them were given out to boroughs near the university, while the other half was donated to Wanfang Hospital. We wanted students to get creative and do something that can be helpful to society. Because of the epidemic, we adapted the contest to be on mask designs. The masks were given to local boroughs and a hospital. We wanted to do our bit for epidemic prevention. Since the COVID outbreak in mid-May, teachers and students at the university have coordinated efforts with local bureau wardens to keep the community safe. Now, through the mass, the university hopes to express gratitude to those working in the front lines against COVID and encourage everyone to stand together against the disease. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei. Now that Level 3 has been downgraded to Level 2, cinemas are open again. But moviegoers are still wary of the theater. So cinemas are enhancing their hygiene protocols in an effort to reassure the public that it's safe to head to the silver screen. At some theaters, you even get a personal seat covering in every show. The Suicide Squad seems like the big summer blockbuster of 2021. We're here for the Suicide Squad. It's got great reviews internationally. We saw there aren't many people here right now, so we came specially to see it. I think they keep the audience quite far apart here. So basically, if everyone is wearing masks, I'm not that worried. We all brought alcohol disinfectant and will disinfect it for ourselves. The blockbuster is a ray of light in the darkness for cinemas. Although we've returned to level two, the shadow of COVID still lies heavy over movie theaters. Many say profits are about 10% of normal. Since the lockdown ended, we still not got many people coming to watch films. I think people are still afraid. Recently, we've just had about 100 people come in over a whole day, basically, or no more than 200 anyway. At last, a big hit to entice moviegoers out. Hygiene protocols are crucial, of course. There's a spaced seating plan in the theater and masks are obligatory. At Showtime Cinemas, disposable seat coverings made of non-woven cloth are given to audience members as they enter in an attempt to reduce contact further. In spas, they always use a piece of disposable non-woven cloth to cover the massage table. That was our inspiration. We wanted to give consumers a more reassuring choice with even less contact during the pandemic. 
To allay any fears, the seats are also disinfected again as soon as the audience leaves. Movie lovers are encouraged to book tickets online so they don't have to queue in person. Cinemas hope measures like these will get them back to business as usual soon. The government controller has raised its economic growth forecast for 2021 to 5.88%, the highest in 11 years. That's up from its June forecast of 5.46%. The projected economic growth for 2022 is unchanged at 3.69%. Officials say that despite the pandemic, Taiwan's economy is showing signs of strong positive growth. The controller said exports have been a main driving force for the economy so far this year, adding that domestic demand is gradually recovering from the recent COVID outbreak. It says that the executive yuan's quintuple stimulus voucher scheme could further stimulate consumer spending, warming up domestic demand. The Industrial Technology Research Institute says Taiwan's semiconductor sector reached a value of nearly 1 trillion NT in the second quarter, up by more than 31 percent from last year. And experts say the sector is on track to break 4 trillion NT in 2021. Amid the projected growth, National Taiwan University of Science and Technology is launching a course that will be taught by experts from 17 leading firms to cultivate talent in the semiconductor industry. This is the lithography lab at Taiwan Tech's Graduate Institute of Automation and Control. It emulates similar labs in major tech firms. Amid a shortage of semiconductor talent in Taiwan, Taiwan Tech has announced the establishment of a training course for the semiconductor industry. The classes will be imparted by executives from 17 leading firms including TSMC, PSMC and MediaTek. The course hopes to nurture top-tier talent in the sector. Besides TSMC and MediaTek, PSMC will also be involved. Firms that make materials are also participating, such as Global Wafers and WaferWorks. Then, testing and packaging firms include Advanced Semiconductor Engineering and Siliconware Precision Industries. From design to manufacturing, equipment, materials, testing and packaging, it's a comprehensive course led by experts in those fields. Semiconductors are a driving force in Taiwan's economy. According to ITRI's Industry Science and Technology International Strategy Center, Taiwan's IC industry was valued at 1 trillion NT in the second quarter of 2021, a year-on-year -year growth of 31.6%. This year, the IC sector is expected to be valued at 4.19 trillion NT, growing 24.7% from 2020 to hit a new record high. Experts say the rising growth is fueled by a deluge of orders for semiconductor firms as well as rising semiconductor prices. In Taiwan's semiconductor sector, there are many companies in IC design and foundries whose output could not keep up with demand in the second quarter. That caused prices to keep rising. Experts see a bright future for semiconductor firms. Meanwhile, on the stock market, TSMC shares closed down 0.85 percent at 581 NT. MediaTek shares also fell to end at 57.6 NT, down 4.16 percent. ASE shed 4.38 percent to close at 120 NT. 
The saltwater pools at Geelong's Heping Island Park are open once again. After three months of restrictions, the park is now allowing swimmers to come for a dip with COVID prevention measures firmly in place. The park has scheduled five daily sessions capped at 100 swimmers each. Early Friday morning, many eager swimmers arrive at the park for their first dip since May. After almost three months of COVID restrictions, people are itching for an outing. Now they can go to Herping Island Park, which reopened its seawater swimming pools on Friday. Many swimmers turned up early to once again take a splash in the salty waters. The pools have reopened with COVID measures in place. Every day, there are five sessions lasting 90 minutes each. Capacity is capped at 100 people, all of whom must register beforehand. The pandemic is not over yet, so public health guidelines are still being enforced. Swimmers must put on a face mask as soon as they get out of the water. Showers are to remain closed, though changing rooms will remain open. Pets won't be allowed in the pools. Every day we have five sessions. Each session is capped at 100 people entering the pool, and they can play for around 90 minutes. We scheduled routine disinfections every one and a half hours. On the management side, there will be a single entrance to the area. Masks must be put on as soon as you get out of the water. The sea water pools in Heping Island Park are open for a plunge. But in other areas of the North Coast and Guanyinshan National Scenic Area, swimming remains forbidden. For instance, at Daulun Beach, masks must remain on at all times. That means no swimming in the sea. Seaside activities that let you keep your mask on are still allowed. But things like swimming and snorkeling are still banned because you'd need to take off your face mask. The COVID alert has gone down to level two, and many places are reopening with varying levels of limitation. Basic public health measures are still the order of the day to prevent any COVID flare-ups. The pandemic has shaken up people's lifestyles. Some people have lost weight while others gain weight. One public figure whose appearance changed dramatically in recent months is Taoyuan Mayor Zhen Wenchan. In his party, the DPP, weight loss is a big topic ever since President Tsai threatened a lawmaker with expulsion from the party if he didn't lose weight. But did that help? Let's find out. The mayor of Taoyuan steps out for an engagement in an unusually dapper outfit. During the pandemic, Zheng has clearly lost weight. A reporter asked him how much. I started losing weight before the pandemic. I've lost 11 kilos, from 83 to 72. Standing at 170 centimeters tall, at the maximum, Zheng weighed almost 100 kilos, as you can see in this photo from 2019. Now, he's noticeably slimmer, apparently taking a smaller size in clothing too. Losing weight was a project I gave myself. 
you have to take it on seriously. You have to be determined. Some have asked if that comment was aimed at lawmaker Tsai Yu. In March, Zheng and Tsai Yu were with the president at a DPP standing committee meeting, and they were called up to weigh themselves in front of her. Tsai Ing-wen then said Tsai Yu would have his party membership revoked if he couldn't get his weight under 100 kilos within three months. In July, he announced he had slimmed down to 98.5, but quickly put a few kilos back on again. I feel Mayor Zheng has been very encouraging. He rang me to say he wanted to give me a running machine he likes and that he hopes I'll keep on with my weight loss. I'm looking forward to that running machine arriving. I was with him a few days ago. I'm going to buy him a piece of fitness equipment. I told him to eat less, less starch, less midnight snacks, more exercise, more water, more tea. Losing weight is a complex journey and a tough ask for a lot of us. Zheng has succeeded, but it remains to be seen if his formula will be useful to his friend in the legislature.